Hi and welcome back to the Anti-Diet Club podcast. This is a show for those looking to heal their relationship with food and their body. I'm Gillian McCollum, one of your hosts. And I'm Tamsin Broster. We are both anti-diet coaches and we're on a mission to disrupt diet culture. With this podcast, you can expect fortnightly episodes around topics such as body acceptance, intuitive eating, dismantling anti-fat bias, and many other topics. We share our own experiences and insights. And also we have so many lovely guests on to help you discover a life outside of dieting. And if you don't already, please follow us on Instagram. Our handle is the Anti-Diet Club Podcast, and you can find details of how you might work with either of us in the show notes. All right. So before we head over to this week's episode, my lovely co-host, Tamsin Broster, has a little something to tell you about. Hello, it's Tamsin here. I just dropping in with a message to let you know that doors to my body image breakthrough group coaching program are now open. I am very excited to welcome more amazing people into this small and powerful group. This isn't like anything you've ever done before. This course is specifically going to help you move through any body image struggles that you have and free yourself from the weight of all the things you believe you're expected to be. This is for you if you feel ashamed of your body in any way and you hate how you look. Perhaps there are certain parts of your body you would love to make peace with, but you just don't think that you can accept them. Um, You see other women being confident and you wish you were as confident as them and always feel like you're never quite enough. You find yourself holding back perhaps on your dreams because you think you need to shrink your body first. This six-week program will help you turn all of that upside down break up with hating yourself, ditch dieting for good, and finally see yourself as worthy and empowered. Plus, you will get access to all my resources, my client-only videos and downloads. I've opened up a portal that I've not offered to any of my clients before. And this has all of my resources in it, all of the knowledge I've gained over the last few years um, in coaching. And it's a brilliant space to access stuff in between sessions. And for the first time ever, I'm offering you a WhatsApp support group for this small group so that you can get support from each other and me and ask me questions in between sessions. This is a fabulous opportunity. It's the only group group coaching course that I am offering this year. Um, And the doors close on October the 9th. Our first session will be on October the 11th. So there's still time to um, book your place. So yeah, find the link in my website and the um, there'll also be a link in the show notes. Anyway, on with today's show. I'm excited for today's topic. We are speaking all about shame. And this was something, Tamsin, that you were particularly excited about um, discussing, something you found kind of coming up a lot, what you're seeing, but also what you're discussing with clients. Do you want to speak more to why this topic feels important yeah definitely I think it was just coming up recently I was talking about lots of things around shame and I know in this um in our work we talk about body shame and the shame of how we um feel about how we look but there's another part of the where shame kind of shows up in terms of shame of needing to get support with this stuff whether it's intuitive eating whether it's body acceptance um all that kind of stuff and I've really noticed that there's a real um it's resistance in like i people have uh, they are aligned to um the message of you know all bodies are good bodies and you know we should just throw on the bikini but they just can't feel like that's like something they can get for themselves 
Um, and it's frust- it kind of comes out in like this frustration of like, why can't I just get this stuff? I know this stuff. I know diets don't work. I know the BMI is a total load of horseshit. I just can't quite get like that feeling for myself. Mm. And they kind of sit there in this kind of really funky space of like knowing that diets don't work, but they're not getting to a kind of place of much more like peace with food and their body. Um, because I think they maybe think that that's about as far as it's ever going to go for them. And it was just something that's come up a lot recently. And I just thought it would be a really good topic in case there are, there's bound to be other listeners out there that are really struggling with this stuff and feeling like, you know, I should just get this. I should know this. I've got a daughter, I've got a mother, I've got a sister, I've got all this, you know, I, I, I know that I want everybody to be happy in their body and comfortable in their own skin, but I just not there myself. I wonder if it comes from the fact that the momentum of the body positivity movement has, you know, been gathering pace for some time now, right? Um, social media is in our lives more than ever, but social media only really offers sound bites, right? What we're seeing is like quotes and memes and 30 second reels. So it's like, we think we have this understanding of, um, you know, as you perfectly said, like, I know I shouldn't feel this way. I know that all good bodies are good bodies. I know that um, losing weight isn't necessarily going to result in more confidence. I know that this is a result of oppression. I know, and, it, and the list goes on and on and on. So it's this like layer of shame that we put upon ourselves because it's like, I know this. I intellectually get this. I listen to the podcasts. I read the books. I understand what this whole movement and um, mindset is around it, but I'm not feeling it. I'm not living it. I'm not practicing it. And that kind of um, cognitive dissonance between the two feels shameful. Yeah, it does. But I think, you know, to focus just to circle back on what you were saying there about like the memes and the and the um the the content that we're seeing, um, it's all great stuff. I'm not gonna sit here and diss all that stuff because you know, we are we are on Instagram too and we are on social media, um, sharing lots of this, you know, this stuff. But I think what I try and do is try to share something beyond those that um, that gives you that emptiness. It's there's mm-hmm. there's not so much behind it. And I think quite often we can see it and say, okay, but that's still okay for that. Like that's, it feels okay for them. But when you're looking at somebody else um, doing all that stuff, it can make, it can feel empowering and it can feel great, but it's fleeting because Mm -hmm. you haven't been able to unpack all the stuff that you're carrying around. You're not able to unpack all the um, kind of opinions of your friends, your family, the circles that, you, you know, as soon as you close that you know, page and you scroll off your phone, if you're still living in an environment where diet culture is promoted as the way forward and the way to live and the way to have your quote unquote health, um, you're just, you're just back in that straight away. So that, that mean, that video, that reel is lost. And yeah. it, um, you know, we always encourage our clients to surround themselves with as much of this past stuff as possible. I can't get my words today, but at the same time, that's not without unpacking it. That's our advice yeah. to our clients is not just go and consume all this stuff. It's unpack this stuff with us through coaching, through all this stuff, but also 
can you know change what you're consuming it's a it's a yeah. tiny add-on to a much bigger picture of what it yeah. means to really kind of heal from this stuff yeah it's like it's okay to be as you say like consuming the stuff on social media even I see like people posting on social media like reposting sharing even creating content around body positivity because we want to contribute to the movement we we believe in this stuff right I see this a lot with feminists like I believe in this stuff I want to be sharing mm-hmm. it I want to be um moving it for the conversation forward but yeah I am still crying on my bedroom floor because none of my clothes fit and I'm struggling with how my body Mm. looks, right? In those moments when you are getting ready to go out and meet friends at a restaurant and you just can't bear yourself, looking at yourself, your clothes, how you feel in your skin, that feeling of judgment, the memes and the social media is content is not going to save you in those moments right um yeah. you you're absolutely right they're they are fleeting they're the tip of the iceberg of something that is so much deeper um and that's where the shame comes in where it's like well what you know why am i why am i not feeling any better because i'm i'm following all the accounts and i'm reading the books but i still feel this um absolute discomfort and feeling of I should be different or I should feel different. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's that, that, and that's what brings up the shame, isn't it? This, 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 when you're shooting all over yourself about anything, it's, it's, you know, leads to you feeling like shame and frustration and just that kind of just want to be able to um, feel better. But I think when you don't know what feeling better feels like, because you have never been there, you know, we talk about like, kind of coming back to your body like having a relationship with your body but it's not coming back it's actually developing a new relationship with your body Mm -hmm. because none of us me included you included none of our clients have ever ever had an incredible relationship with our body and how we see ourselves at all you know that hasn't existed we are not going back somewhere and I catch myself when I say that in my um, messaging about you know bringing you back to your body bringing you home to your body that actually doesn't conjure up much inspiration for me because I think that I'm not going back to any relationship I have with my body. This is a whole new area. And I think that's really important is we're stepping forwards and not knowing what that feels like can feel really frightening. Um, And I don't think it kind of, I don't think it comes across in social media, just how much work um, people have done or are doing or continue to do or even if they feel a hundred percent with the message in line with the message that they're promoting, mm-hmm. because yeah. we have to remember that, you know, influencers, all that kind of stuff, they are moving with what is trending at the time. And if that happens to be, you know, body positivity and they want to add to that, their voice to that message to show that they are aligned with it. Yeah. It doesn't mean to say they've unpacked everything and they're not still yeah. restricting or, um, you know, in partaking in diet culture at all. It doesn't doesn't prove anything. And I'm personally like super, super skeptical of anyone that comes on social media and positions themselves as like this, like I've arrived, I've landed, I now live in a world whereby I just have complete acceptance, love, comfort in my body every day that it's this like destination to arrive at and once you're there and you get off the train it's just like body bliss 
I'm super skeptical at that because we are in our world every day being re-traumatized, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I, I heard somebody talk about it the other day, like breaking up with diet culture, right? So like divorcing or separating yourself from diet culture um, is all well and good. But it's like, if you imagine that as like separating or divorcing from a person with diet culture, it's like running into your ex every day. How can <laughs> you, how can you get over them when you are running into them every day? And you're seeing them in different situations. Is that not exactly how it is? That is like, that is just it. I don't even, (laughs) literally, that is just amazing. Yeah. You're being re-traumatized every day because you can be doing all the work in the world and posting um, body positivity stuff and like, you know, making videos or reels or consuming all this stuff. But ultimately, once all that is off your phone, you know, you're not looking at your phone or your computer or the books or whatever podcast, and you're out in the world living your life, you are being, there are messages coming your way all the time that your body is not enough it's not good enough it's not small enough it's not the right shape your teeth aren't right your skin aren't right you're not young enough looking like all these messages are coming at you more than ever so how how can you be in this permanent place of complete peace and acceptance when that's coming at you all day long so I'm super skeptical when people people position this whole thing as that I I think what this what I how I see the process is yes we can we can come a really really long way in dismantling our own um shame and biases but ultimately it's about developing tools so that when we do come up against this messaging or being re-traumatized all the time in those situations when we're on the bedroom floor crying we kind of are able to move ourselves out of that or at the very least have compassion for ourselves when we're in it yeah um and move forward so that we are not um you know we're we're at least trying to practice a life that we that we want to be living as opposed to being pulled back into this place of my my body's the problem and and I need to find a strategy to fix it like at the end of the day we've said this before dieting is a coping mechanism right so much of the work around shame I think is and I I hear I think it's Brené Brown talk about the difference between guilt and shame and Mm. guilt is the fact that I've done something, an action or, or a behavior that I feel bad about. That's guilt. Shame is I am a problem. Me to my core as a human being, I am broken. I am a problem. I am unworthy. That's the difference between game and guilt and shame. So how can we not lay this at our doorstep and say we're the problem there's something wrong with us how can we actually remind ourselves that we feel this way for a reason it is conditioning it is a cultural problem but what can I do individually to try and um, find resilience and find tools um, to help ourselves through it to support ourselves through it yeah exactly you know because we have talked about this before in that like this stuff can affect and even the most like quote unquote recovered of people like it can affect it affects us we have to work through things it's not it's not that we never ever have any thoughts about this stuff it's just that we have developed 
um, the tools through being coached, learning mm-hmm. and unpacking this stuff in the in such a deep way. And I think that's what people don't see. People assume that I none of this stuff affects me anymore. Mm-hmm. And it does affect me. You know, when you're the biggest person in the room, there's still mm-hmm. those thoughts that come through your mind. You know, still when you go to the gym and um you're you know looking around the room and, and you you know you you're thinking that same thing like you're the biggest person in the room um you're not just skipping down the street just you know whipping your top off and just being kind of really free and easy about your body and not worrying about whoever sees it mm-hmm. there are certain situations where that will feel easier to do than it would feel in other situations because of the circle that you're going to. So let's say, for example, you're going on holiday with your family and you don't see them very often, but they're extremely fat phobic and they are immersed in diet culture. In your mind, you know that they are not somewhere where you wanna be, but you're having those thoughts about how are they judging you and your body and how it's changed and how you have changed. Mm -hmm. And that can set you back three steps and you might have Mm -hmm. to dig into your tool set of how to work through that on that uh, in that moment that doesn't mean that you're not um you know your your um what's the word I'm looking for like your relationship with your body is completely ruined and still stuck in diet culture it just means you're human yeah you know I see that a lot with clients who who they in terms of setting expectations right think that they're failing at this if they still have thoughts about you know and I'll say to clients like you can come into a session and be like I was Googling a diet last night, right? Yeah. Like they're, they're, I I would argue, you know, like in an ideal world, we maybe catch those thoughts before we start consulting Google about the next diet, right? But there's no shame in it, right? There is no shame in it, but keeping that um, secret and feeling like that we shouldn't be thinking or feeling that way, particularly when we've maybe embarked on uh, like the beginning of of coaching. Um, coaching at the end of the day is a safe space, or hopefully a safe space where you can come in and and say the things that you probably wouldn't say to anyone else. And I always, at the end of a session, will ask a client, you know, before we part ways, how do you feel? And so often I hear this feeling of, I feel lighter. I feel less burdened because when you share it and you share it with someone who is non-judgmental, who understands, who's probably been there themselves, or at least heard it from a hundred other people, you suddenly don't feel like it's this big, dark secret anymore. Yeah. You do feel unburdened. And, and and that's the thing about shame, right? I often like to refer to it as like a, a, a box, a small, dark box where your shame lives. And as soon as you prize open the lid just a little bit by sharing it and you let the light in, it diffuses. It's no longer as dark and scary, right? Mm. It it becomes a bit lighter. And that's that if if nothing else, even if you you know, there's so much more with coaching in terms of strategies and tools that you can learn. And I would argue compassion and how we speak to ourselves is is a big component of that. But if nothing else, coming into a space where you don't feel judged and you feel understood and you can speak about these things openly is such a gift. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And I don't know whether people don't know like how powerful coaching can be in that situation 
for this stuff because I think quite often people may be confused what what you see on social media is going to is being what they're going to consume inside a coaching program or a session with you because you know like you know and I know that when we go into those sessions we're not sharing memes and kind of positive quotes in fact that is not part of the the part of it at all it's actually about allowing somebody the room and the space to be really honest about how they feel and I know people get like find it really hard to be really honest about how they feel um, and what their thoughts are around lots of this stuff, like, you know, especially around things like fat phobia and stuff like that and health. And because there's a little bit of them that knows that what they think is not right, but they don't understand. Mm-hmm. They think it's them that's thinking it in the wrong way, but actually it's not. It's, it's all the beliefs that you've been given. That's yeah. what's happening. And that's all that you do in the sessions is really like unpack that in a gentle, like you say, safe way with somebody who isn't going to sit there and say, I can't believe you think that like there's no, that is yeah. never, ever going to be a judgment on anyone for no. saying something. But when you say it and you get it out, then you can dismantle it and unpack it and understand where it comes from. Yeah, because I've heard you say, in fact, I think maybe you want to use this as a title for this episode, that shame blocks that healing process, Mm. right? Shame blocks recovery. If we are in this space of believing that we should not feel this way, right? I'm a feminist. I'm body positive. I understand that Mm -hmm. what I'm feeling is oppression, yet... I still am judging this person walking along the street for the size of their body that they're in. Mm. I'm, I'm, you know, in the doctor's surgery or in a hospital and I'm looking at someone and I'm, I'm, I'm judging their health status based on the size of their body, or mm-hmm. I'm judging myself yeah. for being out of breath or, you know, even I know, you know, for me, you were talking about how shame comes up in social situations in particular circles that you're in but I can even find myself when I'm alone practicing yoga if I'm in a space of feeling um low in mood when I'm maybe feeling a bit vulnerable when I'm feeling tender because of other things in life all it takes for me is to try and do a forward fold in yoga and feel the obstacle of my belly Mm -hmm. and suddenly all my life problems comes down to my belly. It's like if I didn't have this belly, all this stuff would be better, right? Mm -hmm. And that's when you can start to really, um, certainly I can hear that critical voice starting to creep in. Um, And But now having been coached, knowing fine well when that voice comes in that um that that it isn't true I'm projecting not Mm. only am I I in this kind of low tender vulnerable place but I'm projecting these other problems onto my belly when actually my belly isn't a problem I've just decided it's a problem because I I I I can't reach as far forward in a forward fold as when I could when I was in a smaller body but Mm. that in itself is not a problem but we make it into a problem we we um feel the shame heavily in those situations and we make it a problem because of the way we have been socialized and how we have been taught that our bodies are the problem or you know the solution to all of our problems you know it's just on repeat and that cycle has been you know, those messages have been on repeat and so you're surrounded by them and we continue to be surrounded by them. So it's, it. this is what I wanted to kind of get across in this episode. If you're feeling that kind of 
you know, shame that you should get this stuff. It's it's not actually the case. It's actually, I think, um, the person that's kind of losing out on getting further and kind of being able to process those things is, you know, you're you're missing out. You're losing out on that kind of opportunity to go further. And and there's there's so much more on the other side. And like you yeah. said, it's not you know amazing like bliss and you skip off into the sunset never having a bad thought about your body again that's just not it yeah um but it's definitely better than being stuck in that situation I think the difference between this place of of knowing it but I know this stuff like I shouldn't feel this way because I know it and actually um you know actually being in a place of feeling it and and practicing and living it and not being so tormented by it how we get from place a to place b is cannot be found through just consuming Mm -hmm. you know it it, it's a part of it right social media books podcasts this podcast right is part of it i hope it provides people with solace. I hope it helps people feel more understood and less lonely around this stuff. But listening to this podcast alone is not going to get you further along this journey. What gets you further along the journey is actually engaging and participating in this process. It mm. is a process that, yep. that ultimately, in order to think differently, to feel differently, to behave differently, um, it requires engagement. And I think you mentioned the word earlier on this podcast, resistance. There is a resistance because, you know, it feels safe to consume, right? You, we might feel a little bit triggered or a little bit um challenge there might be some prickly feelings come up when people you you know you pick up a podcast and suddenly you're hearing somebody like me going do you know what being fat isn't a problem that might feel uncomfortable or even the word fat might be uncomfortable mm-hmm. but you can switch it off you can move away from it you can put the phone down and move on with your life but when you are in a coaching program for instance or if you're in therapy maybe for instance as well it is a process in which you are engaging in it asks something different of you which is both challenging and difficult but guess what we don't things don't change unless we make a change and and making the change is actually deciding that I'm going to do the hard thing and I'm going to engage in this process. And the amount of people that come to me and say, I've actually known for a long time, this is what I really needed to be doing, mm. but I knew it wasn't going to be easy. I knew that it was going to require something different of me. And it somehow feels safer to just be like, I'm just going to go on another diet even though I have all this history and all this knowledge that it's not the solution. Um, it's, it's like better the devil we know kind of thing. Yeah. Right? Or sometimes not even going back to a diet, but just not doing anything, just being yeah. in that kind of that zone. And I, and we've talked about this before in terms of like what it is to be dieting versus not dieting is not the same as being um, like all in in this in this work and into no, even intuitive eating like we've talked about that before too like but it's that place of like just not dieting is a really really terrible place to sit but a lot of yeah. people stay there because they actually can't go back to dieting mm-hmm. um, because even though it's maybe like feels the easy option they know so much about the fact that it doesn't work and how it makes them feel and you know there's there's so many reasons why they might not go back there but the place that they stay 
isn't anywhere better either. And it just yeah. feels. And that's like, where the shame yeah. lives, right? Yeah, because it's lives, like, yeah. because it's like, but I'm not die. I, I, I can't do it anymore. I've, I've, I don't have it in me. I've mm. given up. Right. Which can feel very shameful of like, I just couldn't, I just couldn't hold it together anymore. I just couldn't do it anymore, but I've not moved forward either. I'm kind mm. of in this purgatory of like, I'm not really getting the benefit from not, from uh, not dieting, but I'm not getting the benefit of feeling free because I'm yeah. not. All right. So what we're saying then is the difference between um, knowing this stuff and consuming this stuff and feeling like we should be further along maybe in our journey. What we're then saying is um, feeling it requires a process of engagement. And obviously one way of doing that is through coaching. Could you maybe speak to some of the, the themes, like what, what within a coaching container is it that starts to shift things? We've, we've already spoken about um, it being a safe space to open up and to um, try and like diffuse some of that shame. I also think um, mirroring, right? I, I, I hear this a lot and see this a lot in coaching in that people can, can come into this space and say things openly and to actually hear, to have somebody truly, truly listen to what you are saying and reflect it back to you and to hear what you've just said, particularly if it's really um, laced in criticism and judgment can be really quite confronting to, to for that to be mirrored back. And also, I think as a coach, we pick up on things and we might suggest, you know, what I'm what I'm hearing when you say that is mm. this. Does that feel true? And that the the light bulbs and the revelations and the joining the dots together with things can be really really surprising at the end of the day it's about learning more about ourselves right um and developing that compassion but could you just speak to some other themes that maybe you cover when you're working with clients yeah I think you're so right about what you're saying there about kind of like getting to know yourself and kind of really like unearthing like mirroring back what people are saying to the you know they're saying this stuff out loud and yeah quite often those are where the light bulb moments happen but sometimes they're not you know some they you know sometimes people can say it and they feel like it's fact and when we do specifically like body image work um you know we both studied with summer um to the, the body image certification and learned so much more about like you know and developed tools to help clients with this stuff around like inner critic and you know self compassion and self judgment and how that kind of comes up but also the you know a huge one for me i think is values and beliefs because mm. like we were talking about before like what are your values what are your beliefs when you start unearthing like what you really would want to align yourself to you can really see where that's not happening in your life you know you talked earlier about feminism um you know if that's things you're aligned to it's like well where is that not showing up in my life where am I not representing what I really truly believe and it allows you to get curious about what you really think and what you really matters to you outside of the systems that we're told to align ourselves with even feminism you know, mm -hmm. can be a kind of, you know, thinking we have to align ourselves with all of aspects of that. Yeah. And actually, that's not true either. Yeah. Um, and we have to be cautious of that and we have to be curious about that. So it invites clients to get really curious about 
their own identity mm-hmm. um, and what matters to them and how they want their life to look. And once you start, you can start building on that then mm-hmm. and start pulling away from other things and, you know, other things like, you know, inner critic is a huge part of the work as well, yeah. of like how we're speaking to ourselves and where those voices come from. Where does that, where does that noise come from? Um, and I know you work with a lot of people too. Uh, I do too, but I'm just posing the question to you around um, once you do start to unpack uh, values and beliefs and as you say, like identity and how you want to show up in your life, um, a lot of grief can come up and yeah. how we actually process that grief in a in a somatic way. So I know that's something that, um, I mean, I certainly through yoga work um, more somatically, but in a coaching situation, rather than just talking, right? This isn't just a talking therapy. This is also like, how does it feel in our body? We are we are talking about trying to actually, um, you know, this it's certainly in yoga talk about this mind body connection but we really are trying to create more unity more coherence within all these systems that we have right so like of course um these feelings are going to show up in our body Mm. um we're not just like can you feel hunger can you feel fullness but what does sadness feel like yeah where do you feel um muted you know like Mm. that is such an interesting part of coaching as well yeah, the emotions processing like is a huge part of it. And you're quite right in what you're saying is it isn't just about naming the feelings. It's not just about saying, well, this makes me feel sad. It's like, okay, that's fine. But where do you feel it in your body? How does that show up? Because it does show up so differently for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, you might have a tightness in your chest. You might get skin flare-ups. You might have, you know, a, a tightness in your throat. There can be all sorts of like physical sensations and mm-hmm. ways your body shows that that is happening to you and we often know it but it's getting you know even deeper and clearer on those things helps us do that emotions processing um and getting much more comfortable with feeling feelings that we have been shamed into believing we shouldn't feel many of us have grown up thinking we shouldn't demonstrate anger um I think you know as little girls we're taught aren't we to be you know, pleasing and quiet, not too loud, not too, you know, and again, showing anger, we're told Mm -hmm. we're feisty or bossy. Um, And quite often those, we don't realize that those emotions, we have an attachment to them in terms of how we think we are going to be seen and judged for having those feelings. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's process that there's all of that that goes on. And this is the thing, it's so hard to get across exactly what it is like to be inside of this work and doing it and processing it because Mm -hmm. it's so deep um but so necessary for recovery true recovery yeah and it and it it can it can't help but lead on to other things how this work certainly I think for both of us has really began with food and moving into our body but then but then as you say like moving into values and beliefs and identities once you start unpacking that and learning more about yourself and shedding what we're really talking about here is the constructs of society moving out of these boxes that we've been pinned into where Mm. the fuck can that lead right and I love nothing more than when clients get in touch with me sometimes months and years after we work together and being like do you know what I have changed careers or I like 
ended a relationship or I have like moved country or like done these amazing things. And it's like, you do not think that that is going to be the result of starting to work with us around like emotional eating or binge eating. It's like, you know, clients come to us with this shame of, I can't control myself around food. That's where it begins. Can you help me? I can't control myself around food. And then years later, it's like, it was never about the food. It was actually never about my, my body. It was about believing I should be somebody that I'm not. And now that I really understand myself better and ha- and have a higher sense of self-worth and don't contain myself, look at where my life now is. Yeah. And that is so flipping exciting to me. Yeah, but it's really exciting, but it's also very scary. And I can see that, you know, who am I? We're socialized to not hurt people, not upset people. Like we're thinking, you know, 10 steps ahead. If you're thinking it in that way, it would feel too scary for people. Well, who am I going to hurt along the way? Who's going to be upset if I change my career or I change, you know, end a relationship, all that kind of stuff. But you're so right in terms of where it begins is Mm -hmm. it can be something as simple as I can't get my head out of the cookie jar, literally there and then end up like, you know like you say years later I would really like to kind of focus on the fact that you said that you're not talking this is not like a 90-day program you Mm -hmm. might work with you know you or I or somebody else for six weeks 12 weeks you know a year all that kind of stuff but Mm -hmm. actually the work continues my work continues I will continue to allow my brain to be open to new ways of thinking about things especially when it comes to um identities that I don't hold because I can't ever see it through other people's eyes so I'm always open to it and again it's just about opening up your mind and once your mind is open and your mind is questioning all the systems that you're aligning yourself to whether that be about bodies or whether it's about work and even in our own businesses recently I've started to ask myself where I'm like creating like the the constructs of of where I was in um like the corporate world in my own business and why, you know, why are those tick lists and stuff? You know, it's really challenging my brain, but because my brain is open to that through the work that I've done with food and body, I think it helps me in just so many other areas of life. And that's what I want people to understand is exactly what you're saying is it can really lead to so much more that you didn't think was possible because you're so kind of narrowed into this, these, you know, these ways of being. And it, to circle back to where we really began, it it starts with identifying the shame for what it is and working through those layers of shame. It's like it's like shedding, continually shedding, like a flipping onion that has an like yep. infinite amount of layers. Um, and it can be really painful peeling off those first few layers, right? And it's like, but once we start, and I, I, you know, in in a completely different way, but I have really been going through this process myself this year of um, peeling away the layers of shame. And when you do that, it becomes easier to keep peeling when you have a like corrective positive experience right when you can actually sit in a space and name what you're feeling to a coach or to a therapist or even to 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 build up the courage to be vulnerable enough to say to a friend 
I feel shame because of X, Y, or Z. And for that to be met with non-judgment and compassion, mm-hmm. right? Um, and maybe even some kindness, it's like, oh, okay, that maybe isn't so scary. Like yeah. maybe I can do this next scary thing. And then they and then you do more and they get bigger. And think that's when things start to shift. But guess what? That requires participation. Yeah. Sitting in shame and believing that you shouldn't feel this way because you know all this stuff doesn't move you forward no exactly it doesn't it keeps you stuck and you know that's that's you know what I think is just so sad to see is when people are stuck and don't realize that actually there is so much more they could be could be doing and could be feeling and living and experiencing yeah and I guess before we close I think that the last thing I want to say on that right when we're talking about it requires participation and moving forward and engagement in the process something I've heard a lot of people say is but I I don't think my problem is like big enough to seek support right and I think we have this um idea in our mind that in fact there's a book a really great book it's around specifically around eating disorders um called sick enough and it's this Mm. idea that we need to be sick enough or or really deeply deeply struggling or Mm -hmm. um in order to seek help like there we have to get to the bottom of the pit before Mm -hmm. it's okay for to give ourselves permission to seek support and I hear this from like I have friends who are therapists that are like why do people wait until they are in like complete dire straits before they seek help? Because like, of course, we have to get to a point where we feel like we can no longer function before we will give ourselves permission, before we, it feels okay to reach out for help because we have to feel like we have exhausted all options ourselves first before we reach out. But actually it's so much easier to like work with someone when they're not in the absolute pit of despair, right? And you shouldn't have to get to that level before you feel like you deserve help with this, right? Mm. Um, You and I both work with people who are um, in patterns of distressed eating or uh, disordered eating and body shame. We don't work with people who are active in their eating disorders. We probably work with people who are, you know, heading towards that area and also maybe people who are like clinically recovered but not not got a super healthy relationship with their food and body um if this is something that takes up a lot of space in your brain if this is something that you feel like you're constantly coming up against if it's something that's impairing the quality of your life in any way shape or form you deserve to seek support yeah Definitely. And because not seeking support, isn't that just a, a, a product of the culture that we live in? You know, the, yeah. the, everything you were just saying there about like, why do people wait? Because we're taught that's what we should do. Because yeah. we, we are socialized to believe that we are not deserving of support, of help until we are in that position. And that is just part of the problem. And I think especially as women, we're taught that we are the people who um, give care, who give support. And therefore can endure more. 
and can endure more and is so hard to receive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say one of the biggest instigators for women seeking my help is because they don't want to pass on their struggles to their children. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that's a great reason, but it shouldn't take that, right? No, it shouldn't take it that. It shouldn't be in service of someone else, although that does tend to be the catalyst for this work. And it's a great catalyst, right? I think yeah. that's super, super smart. So many of our, our, of our struggles are intergenerational, right? Um, yeah. We don't want to be passing that on to our children. We want to we want to be able to deal with it, or you know, or or move through as much of it as we can, so that we're not passing it on. But it it we shouldn't have to get to that point. Like we deserve to live happy, fulfilling, really meaningful, valuable lives. And if you're struggling with someone, something the same way as if you had a physical ailment, you would hopefully go to the doctors to get that seen to. This is a mental health struggle. So why wouldn't you reach out for support around that? Mm, Exactly. I think that's the perfect place to end actually. Let's uh, wrap up there. So we want to just remind you that if you are on Instagram, please follow our handle, the Anti-Diet Club podcast, and um, please reach out, send us a message if there's something that you want to hear us talk about um, or a guest that you think would be amazing for us to speak to, let us know. We would also really appreciate if you would rate or review our podcast. I don't think we've mentioned that in a while, but it really helps us to get our podcast out to other people and spread this um, joyous message of anti-diet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any rates and reviews are gratefully received. Thank you very much. And we will see you next time. See you next time. Bye.